Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm just about at the end of my series teaching on how to stay full of God. I have a book on this and also a study guide, and we also have CDs and DVDs, and tomorrow will be my last day to make any of these products as an offer through our television program. I've been on this for four weeks, and I tell you, this has been a powerful, powerful teaching. I just know in my heart how, how this has affected me and how many times I've drawn on these truths uh, to make a difference in my life. And as I've been teaching on this, I just know in my heart that God is setting many people free. And I know that there's many of you that God has spoken to, that you've seen something, and you get a little nugget here and there, and that's good, but I encourage you to please get these materials because you need to go over this. You need to have it so that you can refresh yourself in this. And also, this is a great way to share it with other people. I've been teaching primarily from Romans 1.21 that says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And after these things happened, this is what I've been talking about. There's four things listed here. They didn't glorify God. They weren't thankful. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart became darkened. And then the next verse, it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Well, I tell you, this is so descriptive of our world today. There are people who are claiming that they are the ones who are so smart and so enlightened, and yet they are absolutely fools. I'm not saying that in a mean, condemning way, but I mean it is absolutely foolish some of the things that are being promoted and said in our society today. You know that the young people are uh, embracing socialism and communism and even fascism in a way that nobody would have thought that this was even possible a short period of time ago, but they don't know history, they don't know what's happening, and people actually think that this is a good thing, and it is absolutely foolish. The ungodliness, the immorality, it is absolutely foolish. Anyway, I could get way off the subject, but this is what I've been talking about, that there are progressive steps that we take away from God that limit what He is doing in our life. And Romans chapter 1 is describing those progressive steps. And I've been dealing with the four things listed in Romans 1.21, but you could just go on and talk about how it leads into idolatry. There's many people watching this program who say, well, I'm not an idol worshiper. Well, Colossians 3, uh, 5 says that covetousness is idolatry. So you may not have an image, you may not have some kind of a form that you're worshiping, but if you are a covetous person, if you desire things that you don't have, you desire things that other people have that you don't have, that's idolatry. And this is rampant today. People are worshiping the almighty dollar and seeking for the things that it can get. And yet, if you would just look around, 
People are not satisfied. You can look at billionaires, millionaires, people that have all of the fame and the accolades of our society today, and they're committing suicide. They can't make it. They're overdosing on drugs. They're, they're miserable. That's not where it's at. So these things are talking about that there is this uh, idolatry, and then it goes talking about that, that people leave the natural use of the sexual relationship and women burning their lust for each other and men leaving the natural use of the women burn their lust one towards another and they receive all of these physical consequences as a result. And he goes on to say that because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over unto a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And this is talking about just progressive steps you get a little bit more insensitive and more insensitive every time you walk away from God and eventually you reach a place to where there is no longer any conviction from God. You're reprobate is what this is talking about. And Jesus said that no man could come unto him except the Father drew them. If God quits dealing with you and quits convicting you over the direction that you're going, the sins, the mistakes that we're making, I tell you that is a terrible place to be. And we've got a lot of people today in our society that are reprobate, that are doing things that are completely against everything that God taught, and they seem, seemingly have no conviction whatsoever. That's a terrible state. And we need to go back and start doing these things, doing the positive, the alternative to what this is talking about. Instead of not glorifying God, we need to put worth and value on God and put first seeking the kingdom of God. We need to remember the promises and remember the goodness of God to us. When we do that, our imagination will begin to start working for us, anticipating positive, godly outcomes instead of negative fear and dread of the future. And then the last thing it mentions here is that their foolish heart becomes darkened. You know, let me go over and see if I can find these verses. I think it's in John chapter 3, and in verse 19, it says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God." And this is really summarizing what's going on in our world today. We've got people that hate the light. They hate morality. They hate marriage between just a man and a woman. They hate people living faithful to their mate. They hate people that are sitting here and speaking the truth about things. It's exactly what Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 talks about when it says they call evil good and good evil, sweet, bitter, and bitter, sweet, light, darkness, and darkness, light. We see that happening today. There are people that are calling every perversion under the sun is this is normal, this is natural. And if you come along and say, no, marriage is between a man and a woman, they'll say, you're the pervert. You're the one who's a bigot. You're the one who's biased. That is just, that is opposite. And we see this happening in our society today. You know why? Because we have not put first the kingdom of God. We haven't truly glorified God. We have not been focused on His Word and His promises and remembering His goodness. Our imagination is evil. People are imagining the wrong things, and because of it, their foolish heart 
HAS BEEN DARKENED. LET ME TURN OVER HERE TO EPHESIANS CHAPTER 4. AND THESE VERSES, I SPENT AN ENTIRE YEAR IN EPHESIANS CHAPTER 4, BEGINNING WITH VERSE 17 ON THROUGH THE END OF THE CHAPTER. NOW, I WENT OTHER PLACES, BUT ONLY AS IT RELATED TO THIS. I JUST FOCUSED ON THIS, AND I MUST HAVE GOTTEN AT LEAST A DOZEN OF MY TEACHINGS OUT OF THESE PASSAGES OF SCRIPTURE. THERE IS SO MUCH HERE THAT THERE'S NO WAY I CAN GET TO ALL OF IT. BUT LET ME JUST POINT OUT SOME THINGS IN EPHESIANS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 17. HE SAYS, AND THIS I SAY, THEREFORE, AND TESTIFY IN THE LORD THAT YE HENCEFORTH WALK NOT AS OTHER GENTILES WALK IN THE VANITY OF THEIR MIND, HAVING THE UNDERSTANDING DARKENED... NOW, I'M GETTING ALL OF THIS. THIS IS uh, RELATING IT, uh, REFERENCING BACK TO ROMANS 1:21 THAT IF YOU DON'T GLORIFY GOD, IF YOU AREN'T THANKFUL, IF YOUR IMAGINATION IS VAIN, THEN YOUR FOOLISH HEART BECOMES DARKENED. THAT MEANS THAT YOU NO LONGER ARE RECEIVING THE LIGHT FROM GOD, BUT YOU'RE RECEIVING DARKNESS. YOU ARE BEING LED, INSPIRED, CONTROLLED, DOMINATED BY THE DEVIL. IT MAY BE a, NOT A DEMON IN PERSON, BUT THE THINGS THAT WERE HATCHED, THE ATTITUDES, THE VALUES uh, THAT THE DEVIL IS PUTTING FORTH. IT CALLS THAT A DARKENED HEART. AND SO THIS SAYS IN VERSE 18, HAVING THE UNDERSTANDING DARKENED, BEING ALIENATED FROM THE LIFE OF GOD THROUGH THE IGNORANCE THAT IS IN THEM BECAUSE OF THE BLINDNESS OF THEIR HEART. MAN, THIS IS DESCRIPTIVE OF PEOPLE TODAY. YOU KNOW, I LOOK AT A LOT OF THE THINGS THAT ARE HAPPENING AND I THINK, HOW COULD PEOPLE BELIEVE THIS? HOW COULD PEOPLE POSSIBLY BELIEVE THAT YOU COULD DO ALL OF THESE THINGS THAT PEOPLE ARE TALKING ABOUT? I MEAN, IT HAS TO BE BLINDNESS. IT'S LIKE THEY'RE BLIND. YOU KNOW, IF A PERSON WAS BLIND AND HAD NEVER SEEN AN ANIMAL, WELL, THEN YOU COULD PRETTY MUCH LIE TO THEM AND TELL THEM THAT THIS ANIMAL IS LIKE THIS AND there, IT'D BE HARD FOR THEM TO KNOW ANY DIFFERENCE. BUT IF YOU CAN SEE well, man, it'd be hard for you to some for you know for somebody to tell you that an elephant is just this little tiny uh, animal like an ant because you could see you could you you would know the difference. But people that are blind, you could tell them a lot of things that they wouldn't have any way of knowing any different. And this is exactly what's happening today. People's hearts have been darkened and they're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. I TELL YOU, AS YOUR HEART GOES, THAT'S THE WAY THAT YOUR LIFE GOES. LET'S GO BACK AND LOOK AT SOME OF THIS IN VERSE 17. IT SAYS, THIS I SAY, THEREFORE, AND TESTIFY IN THE LORD. THAT IS PAUL CALLING ON THE FACT THAT THIS ISN'T JUST HIS OPINION, BUT GOD HAS INSPIRED THIS. HE'S SAYING THESE THINGS IN THE LORD, DIRECTED BY, INSPIRED BY THE LORD. THAT YE HENCEFORTH WALK NOT AS OTHER GENTILES WALK IN THE VANITY OF THEIR MIND. THIS IS SAYING THAT THOSE OF US WHO KNOW THE LORD SHOULD NOT LIVE LIKE PEOPLE WHO DON'T KNOW THE LORD, PEOPLE WHO DO NOT HAVE A RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD. YOU KNOW, THAT OUGHT TO GO WITHOUT SAYING. BUT THERE ARE MANY CHRISTIANS TODAY THAT IF THEY WERE ARRESTED FOR BEING A CHRISTIAN, THERE WOULDN'T BE ENOUGH EVIDENCE TO CONVICT THEM. THERE IS VERY LITTLE DIFFERENCE BETWEEN THE AVERAGE PERSON WHO CALLS THEM QUOTE-UNQUOTE A CHRISTIAN AND A PERSON WHO'S NOT A CHRISTIAN. THEY ARE FEARFUL OF THE SAME THINGS. THEY GET SICK AS MUCH AS THE PEOPLE THAT DON'T KNOW THE LORD. THEY ARE AS POOR. THEY ARE AS BOTHERED. THEY ARE AS ANGRY AND BITTER. THEY ARE FEARFUL, AND ON AND ON WE COULD GO. AND YET THAT IS NOT THE WAY THAT IT'S MEANT TO BE. WE SHOULD NOT BE LIVING LIKE PEOPLE THAT DON'T KNOW THE LORD. 
I heard a man say one time that he went into a church that was so dead, and he was preaching in that church that somebody died. They called 911, and they carried out half of the congregation before they found the dead person. <laughs> I mean, this was a dead church. And sad to say, this is the way that so much of the religious world, the people who claim to know the Lord, they don't, they don't experience what Jesus came to produce. I believe that some of those may truly be born again because if all you've heard is just the Scripture about the forgiveness of sins, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. If the only word that you've heard is about just the forgiveness of your sins and being saved and stuck until you die and go to be with the Lord, well, then I'm sure that some of those people are probably truly born again. But that is not the way that God intended it. It says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, that Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Not just the evil world that's to come, hell, and bring us into heaven, but he came to deliver us from this present evil world. Jesus told us to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should be experiencing God's blessing on earth. Now, it won't be perfected until we get to heaven, but we should be experiencing healing, prosperity, joy, peace. There are people that will sit there and quote those verses from Matthew chapter 6, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then when it comes time to vote, you vote completely contrary to everything that God said about life. You vote for abortion. You vote for ungodliness. You vote for everything that's against it, and yet you'll go ahead and pray, Thy kingdom come. That's, something's wrong with that. We've got a lot of people that are Christians in name only. You know, they have this saying about rhinos, which stands for Republican in name only. There's a lot of Republicans who say that they're conservatives, and the truth is they aren't. Well, likewise, there's a lot of people who say that they're a Christian, and yet they aren't. They're a Christian in name only. And so this is saying you shouldn't be like the world. You ought to be able to tell a Christian from a non-Christian not just by the way they look, not just by what church they go to or something like that. You ought to be able to see it in their life, in their joy, in their peace, in the way they treat others, in their healing, in their prosperity, and on and on and on it goes. There should be a difference. We're alive. The Bible says that we have come into life and that we have it abundantly. And the people that don't know the Lord, they may be alive physically, but they aren't alive spiritually. There should be a difference between a person who's alive spiritually and a person who's dead spiritually. And yet, in many cases, there isn't because they're Christians in name only. So this is saying, don't walk like people that don't know the Lord. We should be walking in victory. We should be having success. That's not to say that we don't have problems, but it's to say that we should be able to overcome. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We should be world overcomers. We should be the above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. It's what the promises were in Deuteronomy chapter 28. So we should not walk like other Gentiles walk, and notice how they walk, in the vanity of their minds. 
The word vanity, according to the dictionary, it means the inutility and transientness. Now, I had to think, <coughs> think on this for a little while, but inutility just means that you aren't utilizing your brain. And I tell you, it is amazing to me, amazing to me how people that have rejected the truth of God's Word and are living out of their own, you know, vanity of their mind and stuff, the inutility, it's amazing to me how they think, how that they think that somehow or another this lifestyle, the things that they're doing, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, all of this ungodliness, how people justify this, it just doesn't make sense. It, you know, sin isn't smart. Sin is emotional. If a person would stop and think about what they're doing, they would never commit those sins. You know, people go out here and they commit adultery on their man, and that's just like somehow or another they don't think about it. We just had a scandal come up where people that are very popular, and I mean making mega bucks and and, you know, in the natural, they have everything going for them, and yet they are lying and cheating and using uh, bribes to get their children into colleges and things like this. What are you thinking? Didn't you think that it would somehow or another come to light and they've ruined their career and, and they're going to be smeared by it? Sin is not smart. It's emotional. If people were to think, if they were to utilize their mind, people would not live that way. People would not go commit adultery thinking that you could get uh, venereal diseases, sexually transmitted diseases, that somehow or another you are going to be found out and you're going to ruin your own marriage. You're going to cause your children to come against you. You're going to hurt somebody else's marriage. You're going to be ostracized. If people would think about it, they wouldn't do that, but they just... They don't think about the consequences. They are just into the moment. It's all about satisfying their own passions and their own lust. They're being emotionally controlled. Matter of fact, if you continue to read on in verse 19, it says, "...who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness." You know what this means? It says when you go past feeling. In other words, there is a godly use of feelings and emotions. God gave us emotions. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, the world would be bland if we couldn't experience love and peace and joy and even sorrow and grief and remorse and repentance. They have a place in our life. God gave us emotions, but there are people that have gone way beyond the natural use of emotions, and they've moved into lasciviousness. Lasciviousness means uncontrolled, unbridled, unrestrained lust. And this is exactly where the majority of our society is. They are into just doing what they feel. It doesn't matter what, what sense make, you know, what, uh, you know, your knowledge, your your understanding about things, forget all of that. Let's just go get high. Let's get drunk. Uh, and, you know, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay lots of money for those things. You're going to pay in your physical health. You're going to be ostracized. You could kill yourself or kill somebody else and all of these other consequences. Let's forget everything else and let's just indulge our emotions. It feels so good right now. Sin is not smart. Sin is emotional. And there is a right use of emotions, but most people have gone way past that. So he's saying, don't live like that. Don't live like people that don't know the Lord. 
people that are just into their emotions and whatever feels good, do it. Man, that is a recipe for disaster. You know, there's times that I don't feel like getting up and coming in and ministering the Word, and I don't feel like traveling and going around the world, but it's what God has told me to do. And part of being an adult is you don't go by just what you feel like. You do what you need to do. Some of you don't feel like getting up and going to work every day, but you know what? If you're an adult, if you're a responsible adult, you go ahead and do it. You can't let your feelings dominate you. Now, you can't just get rid of feelings. You don't even want to get rid of feelings, you want, but you want to use them to serve you. You don't let feelings and emotions control you. That's what he's talking about. Use your brain. Use your head for something besides a hat rack. Begin to think through things. Don't live like a lost man who doesn't think about the consequences. You don't think about how you're going to hurt somebody else. I remember my own children when, you know, they'd do something and I'd correct them. they say, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. And I tell you, when I heard that, the spirit of slap wanted to come all over me. Like, how dumb can you get and still breathe? You know what? Your mother and I, we love you and you're doing this and you're hurting us. You're hurting other people. There's people that think, well, I'm not, you know, I'm taking these drugs, I'm doing things, and I'm not hurting anybody but myself. You're hurting everybody who loves you, and then if you uh, cause a problem, if you go out and kill somebody because you were driving drunk or driving high, you have ruined their life, you've interfered with some other person, you could become paraplegic and have to be on government welfare and all the rest of us are paying for you the rest of your life. That is just dumb to the second power when people sit there and say, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. You're hurting everybody who loves you. You're hurting society. You are setting a bad example. Use your head. Think. Utilize. That's what it's talking about. Vanity of your mind is talking about the inutility and the transientness. You know, the word transient means that you don't have a fixed spot. You're constantly moving. When I was a kid, we used to call people who were living on the streets, we'd call them transits, transits. And what we meant was they didn't have a fixed place to live. They just moved around and lived from place to place. You should not let your mind just wander and go anywhere. You need to control it. You need to fix your affection on things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God, Colossians chapter 3. You need to focus on seeking first the kingdom of God. Don't let your thoughts just go anywhere. You know, this is one of the things that's wrong when people just sit there and watch television and they just put themselves in neutral and they watch a show and let their thoughts go into adultery, into murder, into lying, into stealing, and they just let somebody lead them wherever. You need to set your affection on things above. You need to focus your attention on the things of God. All of this is part of not letting your heart become darkened and again, I'm going to continue this and conclude it on my program tomorrow. So I encourage you to listen in. Remember that tomorrow is my last day to offer this teaching on Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. I promise you this will help you. It will make a difference in your life. And please get the material so you can go back over it and so you can share it with someone else. Listen to our announcer and please call or write today. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth, and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. 
Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Come and join us for the 2019 Healing is Here Conference. This will be an extraordinary time of healing and inspiration from the Word of God. Mark your calendars for August 13th through 16th and join us in Woodland Park, Colorado for this free conference. I knew that Karis was going to be a place where I was going to learn about the Bible, about Christ, about God, who I was and whose I was. When I came to Karis Bible College, I get to renew my mind and now I, I believe that I'm going to be ready to someday maybe be able to fulfill God's call for my life and to disciple other people. I don't know what other Bible colleges teach, but this one's definitely got it right. I mean, I love the teaching. The teaching is just, it's, it's blue chip, you know, it's, it's top notch. And then also, you know, it's just like a big family here. I mean, it's, we all care about each other and we all just have a good time with each other. This is a college that God has ordained and established for the purpose of launching an entire generation into the world to change the world and to change the way that it sees Him. 
Oh, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Jamie, and we are going to tell you about our July the 4th musical that is going to yes. be spectacular this year. It's a part of our Summer Family Bible Conference, and Jamie is one of the performers in it. Right now, we sing in it. We sing traditional American songs, and then we're going to have some new songs, and it is called In God We Trust. It's an hour and a half of a lot of American history. It'd be great for your teenagers to hear, your mm -hmm. children to hear. Very important this day and time. And it's it's got the most American history crammed into this of anything I have ever seen. We did it last year for the first time. It's new and improved this year, part of our Summer Family Bible Conference. You would love it, so make plans to join us July the 4th for our In God We Trust musical.